Hello, hello, hello. Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto the Lamb who sits on the throne. Amen. Welcome to the Bread and Wine Podcast. I'm Seth. I'm Carl. As always, uh, we are here to invite you to the table, to our table, to the table that Jesus has prepared for us Mm. um, to commemorate this podcast. Uh, We are going to invite you to take communion with us um, as a command from our blessed Lord Jesus. Uh, He gave us that command, and so we want to open this time uh, with reverence um, for his sacrifice, and uh, especially in lieu of Passover just happening. Um, And if you're not familiar with what Passover is, it is the Jewish uh, celebration and and everyone's celebration uh, that we're invited into of the Exodus and how God passed over the Israelites if uh, they wiped Mm. the blood of the lamb on their doorposts. Um, The angel of death would not strike the houses with the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. Um, He would not strike the firstborn. And of course, as we know, the Egyptians did not do this. They had the Israelites in slavery, and every firstborn in the land of Egypt was struck down who did not have the blood of the lamb on their doorpost. Um, and so Jesus is our great Passover lamb. Mm. And all around the world, um, Jews and Christians are celebrating. We're celebrating Passover, and we're celebrating this great sacrifice. And so um, we invite you to join us as we also commemorate and remember uh, that Jesus has saved us from death, and death will surely pass over us if we have applied the blood of Jesus on the doorposts of our heart. Um, So Carl, would you uh, you actually read that verse while we jump into this and lead us in communion? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Please feel free to go and grab your communion elements, um, the body and the blood, and um, if you have to pause it and run and go grab it. That's totally fine. So, um, we were just sending each other some texts this morning and this, this verse was highlighted. It's, um, Psalms 24, seven through 10. So I guess, um, I just invite you to, um, pray this as a prayer with us. It says that it says, um, lift up your heads, O gates and be lifted up. O ancient doors that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. (sighs) Selah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, so. Oof. Come in, King of Glory. Um, I will bless this this body if you will bless this blood. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so. Hmm. Let's just uh, turn our hearts towards the Lord and let's just gather together to this table that he's prepared for us even in the presence of our enemies. Yes, even especially in the presence of our enemies when things are going awry, when they seem to be going awry, I should say, because 
God, you really do work all things together for the good of those who love you, God, who are called according to your purpose. So, so Father, we just thank you for your body, Lord. We thank you that you are a God who is not far off, but you are a God who made himself low. You did, you got, God, you did not count equality with God as something to be grasped, Lord, but you took on the form of a servant, Lord, when you took on flesh, this, this flesh, Father, that you um, blessed us with, Lord. So Jesus, we just take your body right now, Lord, and God, we remember that on the night that you were betrayed, on the very night that you were betrayed, Lord, you were sitting next to your betrayer, and yet you broke your body, God. You broke the bread, and you said, thank you, Father. Um, when, when you had blessed it, um, you gave thanks, Lord, and you said, take this in remembrance of me. So Lord, we just, um, we hold your body in reverence right now, God, and we recognize that this is the very body of, of the Lord Jesus, that this is your body, that this is true food, that this is our sustenance, that this is what sustains us, Lord, more so than anything, God. So often you remind me that I don't need anything else. I just need you. So, Father, we just take you at your word right now that that this is the true food, that this is um, the bread of life, God, that we can come at the table together to and, and eat of you, God. So, Jesus, we just remember um, that you died for us, and we remember um, that your body was broken for us, that we might live. God says that by your stripes we are healed. So we even receive the healing, God, that um, you purchased for us with your stripes, Lord. And we thank you, God, and we, we take and we eat. In Jesus' name, amen. And in the same way that your body was broken, uh, the blood poured out from your body. And so, Lord, we thank you for the fountain of life um, that your blood covers us. And, uh, yeah, it has certainly provided us with salvation and freedom and hope, uh, a blessed hope, Lord, this, this hope of salvation uh, thank you for your body being broken and your blood being poured out. Uh, the spear being stabbed through your side and blood and water poured out of that. Uh, for life is in the blood. There can be no forgiveness of sin without blood. Uh, and so we bless you, Holy Jesus, for your sacrifice. And we uh, look forward to being part of the resurrection at your return um, as you were the first fruits of that. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And I always like to remind people, it says, um, many of you, when you take communion, <laughs> Paul, Paul was saying this, um, you're actually bringing sickness upon yourself because um, you're doing it in vain and you're not repenting um, when you take communion and take the body and, and the blood. So I always like to remind people to uh, repent to the Lord for for anything um, that you need to repent for in, in your taking of communion. And, uh, yeah, we bless you. We bless you guys. And so it's really a, a great uh, way to start because the topic of conversation today is the importance of Israel and the importance of the Jewish people. And uh, this may be kind of a foreign topic to many people. Um, if you're listening in the States, 
uh, growing up, I know for me, I was not aware of really the Jewishness of my faith. Right. Uh, we like to Americanize everything and uh, Christianize everything and turn it into um, something else. And I'm not saying that's all bad, but we really want to open your eyes up to uh, really the importance of how your life will change when you start to view the scriptures this way, when you start to view Jesus this way, when you start to view your faith through the lens of, I have a Jewish Messiah. Right. The salvation that has been provided for me has been from a Jew. Yeah. And so to set our mind on the contextual understanding and the lens um, for how to read the scriptures, but then also how to relate to our God. Yeah. Uh, it's it's wow. really going to crack some stuff open for you people out there. And uh, as it has for me and Carl, we're going to share some of that. Um, but the first thing I'll just talk about is, uh, it, it's such a broad topic on, on <laughs> how to start this, mm. because the whole Bible is centrally located to Israel. If you think about um, every every book in the Bible, where does it where does it center around? It centers around the piece of land in the Middle East called Israel, the Promised Land, um, and every story has characters that are involved in that physical location, or or they're pointing towards that that location. Um, and so all the way, I'll just give a brief overview of the Old Testament here, just to kind of set the stage. Um, of course, we have Adam and Eve, and, and we go through, um, you know, Moses and Noah and all those stories, but we get to someone named Jacob, and this is where Israel comes from, right? Jacob, uh, his name gets changed to Israel, and this is um, very significant because Israel in Hebrew sounds like um, one who wrestles with God, and this would certainly be um, more of a prophetic declaration of how Israel would relate to their God. <laughs> they would certainly wrestle with him, <clears throat> just as Jacob or Israel did. And Israel has sons. He has 12 sons, which then become the 12 tribes of Israel. Joseph ends up saving them uh, as he was put into slavery, but then God promoted him to basically the, the head honcho over all of Egypt. He saves um, his brothers, and they grow. They become a nation. And this was prophesied to Abraham, right? You will be uh, the father of many sons. And certainly he was. And Israel grew to a capacity where Egypt was scared of them. And so they enslaved them for about 430 years, which was also prophesied to Abraham. And, of course, we just talked about the Exodus happens. And God says to Moses... Um, I'm going to free my people. I'm going to free my people. And I'm bringing to them to a land that I promised to Abraham. I'm bringing them to it. It's called the promised land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. And it takes them a while to get there. And they, <laughs> there's a lot of mess ups, but they finally get there. And uh, they don't even complete all of the, the wiping out of the nations they were supposed to. Uh, but they get there. And God declares, I want to be your king. And you don't need a king. I want to be your king. Israel cries out for one anyways. Hmm. And so King Saul comes along and, and the prophet Samuel's, you know, really 
upset about it, right? Because he says the Lord, the Lord wanted to be your king, and now you're asking for a human king. You don't understand what you're asking for. This is about to cause you a lot of problems. <laughs> and sure enough, it did. Uh, Saul, you know, starts out great, kind of goes downhill. And then you have David and Solomon, and the first temple is built there in Israel, and God's presence dwells there. And uh, it's the Holy of Holies, and you have the priesthood, and you have the priests sacrificing animals to cover for the sins of the people. Um, and it's this, uh, you know, at least when David was there, Israel was a the most powerful nation probably in the world. And, uh, yeah, it was flourishing. It was beautiful. But then you have years and years and years later of successive kings that, uh, yeah, they, they turn away. And... Uh, they turn away, and eventually Babylon comes. The kingdom of Israel has split in two kingdoms now. Babylon comes, Assyria comes, wipes out the temple, and the Israelites get exiled. And so in their exile, God provides again, and he brings back his people to Israel, again prophesied by all the prophets. They come back, and they build a second temple. The second temple is built and again, it houses the presence of God. It's the glory of Israel. Mm. And they uh, begin to rebuild themselves. Um, and then we kind of have a, a period of silence for a while in the scriptures. And then the Romans come along and uh, the temple doesn't get destroyed yet. But guess who comes along during that time? Mm. Jesus. Mm. Jesus comes. Uh, and he begins his ministry. And uh, so I guess we'll start start right here a little bit. Um, just the importance of Jesus coming to his own people. He, he came to this earth as a Jewish man. Now, what does that mean for us in America, <laughs> being Gentiles? What does that mean that Jesus was Jewish? Hmm. What does that mean to you, Carl? Hmm. Wow. Thank you for feeding us. Yep. That was that was really really good, bro. Um, that storytelling thing is so powerful. Um, yeah. Anyway, so um, for me personally, uh, the question is, what does having a Jewish Jesus mean to me personally? Um, my journey, like, into all of this and wanting to know more about Israel, wanting to know. Uh, more about the Jewish people and their traditions and their customs. It, it, it started from a place of, hey, Lord, like, I want to know who you are. And so um, in that in that journey, um, the Lord just began to highlight, like like you're saying, like his Jewishness, like the reality that it's a Jewish Messiah that we serve. And so um, for me, uh, a big part of this has just made me very interested, like in culture in Jewish culture, in, in Jewish tradition, and, and, and just learning more about what that looks like. Um, however, like having Jesus as a Jewish king, like it really puts into perspective the reality of what we um, believe as Christians, because, because there's a Jewish king who's coming back. And we, we talk often about how, yes, Jesus is coming back, we know he's coming back, but, but bringing into perspective the reality that he's coming to rule and reign in Jerusalem. Yeah that like in Jerusalem, he's going to sit on the throne of David and rule and reign forevermore. 
and the increase of his government shall know no end, the Bible says. And um, so it, it really helps us, I feel like, to develop a heart for Israel and, and the Jewish people. And it also helps us to understand the narrative that um, although that there has been um, a partial hardening of the hearts of the Jewish people towards the Messiah, Yeshua, Yeshua Melech, Yeshua is the king, um, that, that indeed that this story is still unfolding in Israel. And it also, I feel like, gives us a lot of peace, especially in these times that we're living in where there's so much turmoil and, and, and hate and, and war and chaos, um, see, what seems to be chaos in, in the Middle East. It's all part of this bigger narrative. And I really think that understanding Jesus as the Jewish king gives us a great deal of peace um, in the times that we're living in because we're, we're able to see and recognize that He's coming back for his people, um, and, and, and for me, it just helps me understand the, the whole narrative of the Bible like you're talking about um, in a much deeper way, I would say. Yeah. T- to me, it also opened up a, a new spirit of thankfulness that, that I didn't really understand I needed to have, um, just to wow. understand that God chose this specific people. I'll read Deuteronomy 7. It says, For you are a holy people belonging to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be his own possession out of all the peoples on the face of the earth. Here's why. The Lord had his heart set on you and chose you, not because you were more numerous than all the peoples, for you were the fewest of all peoples, but because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your ancestors. Wow. Um, so really, uh, what happened to me when I started to understand the perspective of the Jewish nation that is God's chosen people, that doesn't discredit me, right? But it opens me up for a newfound love for the people that he chose. For for our founding fathers of the faith that were faithful thousands of years ago, Abraham's faithfulness it basically is why God chose the Jewish people, his seed, to bring the Messiah, to birth the Messiah, uh, to bring through through Abraham's seed, Jesus was born. If you can trace it all the way back to Abraham, that's what makes you a Jew. Um, But what this does is it creates a new understanding for where you fit in this story. Because up until the point I started to understand this, I was always like, well, what in the world is a Jew? What does that even mean? Uh, What the heck is so important about Israel? I live in America. How do I relate to this? Um, And so what I did was I began, you kind of begin to read every biblical story through a lens of me, 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 me. And you begin to see it as you. And you're always trying to just suck information for you. And it's very selfish oftentimes and individualistic. And isolation starts to come. And you're like, this is all about me. And uh, even, I, I, I think this is a, why a lot of people have trouble with books like Leviticus or Deuteronomy. Um, or books that maybe there's no moral direction for my life. You know, it's easy to read the New Testament because there's a lot of moral compass issues that I can grasp onto. I'm like, oh, this is how I need to live my life. And we right. centralize it to myself. Me, me, wow. me, me, me. Um, but, and that's why, you know, reading Leviticus, you're like, what's up with all these laws? What's up with all these commandments? What's up with all that? Like, who, who are these Israelites? Why should wow. I care so much about them? Wow. And what this has done in America, it has made people discredit the Old Testament. It's like, that's not important. I don't even need to know about that. No, <laughs> no, these, these, this story, 
This narrative, this unfolding, is the very foundation of our faith. Understanding this story and this narrative, it is imperative that we come to a grasp with what happened and to take delight in it, to be thankful that God chose a people to come back for. But because of the hardness of their hearts temporarily, it has been opened up to the Gentiles, to the to the pagans, right? He opened it up to us. And so there's a, a new spirit of thankfulness that this opened me up to, that I am part of God's chosen people. He has opened the door for me to be part of it. Um, and so what promises belong to the Israelites and the Israelites alone, I now get to partake in. And I ought not take that for granted uh, because it wasn't established for me in the beginning. <laughs> it was established for his chosen people. Um, so I'm thankful that he has opened that door for us as Gentiles. How did that perspective on the scriptures, on our faith, on the basis of our faith, the beginnings, the origins, did that change the way you began to process things, Carl? Man, like it's, 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 it's renewing my mind even now, just, just hearing that. And especially like that point about how it, how, how understanding this bigger narrative kind of takes us out of ourselves even more. Um, and just understanding God for who he is in deeper ways. Um, wow. It's incredible. Um, there's, um, something that happened to me in recognizing like how we're to honor, you know, our brothers and sisters, but specifically honoring the Jewish people in, in, um, our walks as believers. The Bible also talks about how in the end times, like we'll be judged based off of how we care for them or how we're, um, in relationship with them. So I do really believe that there's this big importance to, um, cultivate a love for, for God's people, um, in Israel, um. Wow. Just for me, just thinking about this is the God of the Hebrews, that this is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, like that this is the God who parted the Red Seas, who provided manna in the wilderness, who um, made covenant with his people and is still in covenant with his people. Um, It just, it really, for me, speaks to the faithfulness of God. Um, Yeah, I think it was our brother Sean, he was talking about somebody who, ask somebody else about basically how do you know that God is real? And you guys talked about it on one of your podcasts. Yeah. And, and basically it was like three words, the Jewish people and just how God's faithfulness has never ended. How like they've been surrounded by enemies throughout history. They're just this tiny little country. Yeah. And like, even now they're surrounded yet God. And so for me, it really just speaks to the faithfulness of, of the Lord. Um, yeah. And you were talking about how, um, there's certain things that we get to partake of as well because we've been grafted in. Um, one of the things about like the Jewish culture, I guess for me, that's been really, um, impactful is, is the idea of the Shabbat and, um, entering into, um, the Sabbath rest. Um, I love, um, <laughs> I had a friend just tell me, um, that God is so busy that we can just rest. So often I feel like, um, 
in uh, the Western world, and, and this could just be me speaking for myself, but there's this like spirit of striving. There's this spirit of like, I always have to be doing, I always have to be working. I always have to be go, 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 go. And especially in America, I feel like that's, that's a big, big thing. Um, one of the things that the Jewish people um, entertain every single week is entering into um, the Sabbath rest. So they cease from works completely. They shut off all technology. They don't do anything. They cease and, and, and they, they just rest. Um, and, and actually, I think that, that was one of the first establishments that um, God gave, right? Like when he, when he gave um, Moses the, the commandments, um, the commandment to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And I was listening to a podcast um um, I guess it wasn't too long ago, but he was talking about how he was he was um, helping us to think about what the Israelites' mindset must have been in when Moses gave them the commandments, right? They just got out of Egypt. They just came out of hundreds of years of slavery, right? And so they're so used to always working, always producing. I got to make the bricks today. I got to get up and be a slave today. And they're just constantly in this mind state of like work, 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 work. Don't stop. Keep going. Go, 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 go. You're a slave. You're stuck in a slavery mindset. And there is no rest in that mindset. And so the command to enter into the Sabbath rest, God's saying, hey, guys, like we need to do a reset. I need to do a reset on the way that you're perceiving who you are because you're not slaves anymore because I've brought you out of Egypt. And in fact, I'm giving you permission, not just permission. I'm commanding you to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And his point in this podcast was essentially like um, God wants us to begin from a place of rest once we are in Christ. Like I've ceased from my works for my salvation and I've been grafted into the family of God. I've been grafted into um, the vine. And so basically he was saying that that God was saying to his people, Israel, like, hey, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy because I want you to begin from a place of rest. And I understand that you've been stuck in a slavery mindset for your whole lives, but I'm God and I'm in covenant with you and I am your king. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually asking you and inviting you and even commanding you to step into this rest. Mm. And so that's changed so much for me because um, on, on uh, the Sabbath each week, they begin the Sabbath at, 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 um, in the evening and their day actually begins from a place of rest. Um, like their day begins that evening. And so it's kind of shifted my perspective on even how to um, relate to God, that God wants me to rest in him before anyone else, like before I go to work, before I do anything. And it's interesting how like our sleep schedule even starts that way. Like if, if in the Jewish culture, they begin their days in the evening um, on the Sabbath, like God's saying like, hey, start with rest and then get up and go do right? But, but don't, don't go do without first resting in me. Um, yeah. And, and in Hebrews four, it talks about how there remains a rest for God's people. And so that was a gift that God gave to the Israelites, the Sabbath, this, the Sabbath rest. And so because we're grafted in, he's invited us 
into this Sabbath rest. It says that a rest still remains for God's people. And if you strive to do anything, strive to enter into his rest is what it talks about in Hebrews 4. And so for me um, in this journey, um, learning to rest has been a really big thing. And for me, what that looks like is every every week um, I, I enter into Shabbat. I enter into rest um, and I'll shut off my phone. I turn off my notifications. Um, I don't do anything. I just reflect on God. I reflect on his promises. And that's one of the things that they do on the, on the Sabbath. They, they reflect on um, their exodus from Egypt, their freedom from slavery, and they reflect on the promises of God. And that's a beautiful thing. And so we can learn a lot from our Jewish brothers and sisters. We can learn a lot from how God related with Israel and, and apply it even today. It's a gift that we've been given access to. Amen. And I love how you're bringing that up because we are invited um, as Gentiles. We're invited uh, to participate in these um, institutions of God that the Jews have celebrated for thousands of years. Um, we're invited to also participate with them. Now, we have a different lens because up to this point, the majority of the Jews have rejected Jesus as Messiah. Um, but, you know, even Passover, every year they celebrate um, the Passover and how the blood of the lamb covered them and uh, <laughs> didn't didn't kill their firstborn. And But we, through a, another lens, go, wow, that's so much deeper. Jesus was the Passover lamb, you know, so, so there's an invitation, um, for us to, to, to participate because the story is still unfolding and the story is, it's right here in our midst. Um, but just as you're talking about, um, yeah, wait a second, hold on, we'll have to fix this. Yeah, we can. <laughs> Shabbat, rest, Yes. Jews. Just as you were talking about rest, isn't this kind of what Jesus came on to the scene sharing? Um, that in many ways, the Pharisees and the religious people, they had a slavery mindset to where they had to enforce strict laws and work on people in order to work their way to God. But Jesus comes saying, no, rest, repent, put your faith, your faith your faith in God, put your faith in what I'm about to do and who I am. I'm the son of God. Put your faith in me. Yeah. And then all your works will be put to rest. And then from your faith will I bring righteousness. You don't you can't achieve righteousness on your own. And so Jesus comes on the scene um preaching the same message of rest, mm. of bondage, you're in bondage here's freedom. Here's freedom. I'm going to give you freedom. Uh, so there's this unfolding story and narrative that's still saying the same thing to Israel. It's saying the same thing to us. Come out of your slavery and into freedom. I have a place for you. It's a spacious place. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. Mm. You can come to it. It's for you. Put your faith in me. Trust in me. Um, and up until this point, uh, like I said, the Jews have rejected Jesus as their Messiah. And in, in Romans 9, Paul talks about this. He says, um, they stumbled over the stumbling stone. Jesus did not come in the way that they thought the Messiah would come. They thought he was going to be 
a military political leader and uh he wasn't that (laughs) he was a different kind of leader and so this is why he was a rock to stumble over and they stumbled over him right um but because of that again we've been talking about being grafted into this branch uh what we're what we're meaning by that is the promises the covenants the messiah belonged to israel first but because they rejected jesus that then opened up to the rest of the world this is what paul says that opened up to the rest of the world the gentiles to come to jesus and there's a time there's a time period for this to happen right this is what paul said he said israel's rejection is not final for they will see the one whom they pierced and they will turn their hearts to him they will see jesus for who he is but there has been a partial hardening until the fullness of the Gentiles comes. Mm-hmm. So there's, I don't know if there's a, a number or, or whatever this may be, but the fullness of the Gentiles, we haven't reached it yet because Israel has not seen Jesus as Messiah yet. Some of them have, and we have friends that have, right? Mm-hmm. Praise God. Mm-hmm. And more and more are. Um, but this is why it's so important, again, for perspective this is why it's so important for disciple-making. It's why it's so important to share Jesus with our circles of influence because the fullness of the Gentiles must come in until Israel rightfully sees their king. And so, um, especially thinking of the bigger picture narrative, even the end times, this is this is something that must happen for the end times, right? For Jesus to come back, the fullness of the Gentiles has to come in. For Jesus to come back, the second temple was destroyed. There has to be a third temple that's rebuilt. And Jews have to take that temple and reinstitute sacrifices. These things have to happen. And so we can be looking for them. You know, Jesus isn't coming back to America, right? He's, he's not going to come back to Arkansas, you know, wearing a cowboy hat and cowboy boots. He's going to come down to Jerusalem where his people are waiting for him to return. And it says the mountains are going to fall down and the valleys will be raised up as he triumphs into his destination, which is the throne in Jerusalem uh, and where the third temple will be built. Wow. You know, So the, these perspectives are vital for understanding yeah. where we are in the world and what our purpose is here, at least for this, this time that we're in. Yeah, it's fascinating to me how they're literally waiting to crown the Messiah, like how they have the the pieces ready, like they have a crown for Messiah, they have a place for him, and like how they're expecting Messiah. And wow, it's just wild that they are going to perceive Yeshua as their king and and they'll see him coming in his glory. Ah, Amen. And and it's going to happen, right? Like this is not a maybe. This is going to happen. Incredible. Um, and this is why it's important for us to pray for Jerusalem. Yeah, it's, It says in the scriptures, those who bless Israel will be blessed. Those who curse Israel will be cursed. I would rather be on the blessing end. <laughs> Let's bless Israel. <laughs> yeah, God re- bless you, Israel. I'll read a scripture too. It says, pray for the well-being of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls, yeah. security within your fortresses. Because of my brothers and friends, I will say, may peace be in you. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will pursue your prosperity. Will you, will you join us in pursuing the prosperity of Israel? Will you join us in blessing them? 
Will you join us in praying for them? Um, and it's a promise that we will be blessed for this. <laughs> uh, Genesis 12, 3. I mean, there's so many scriptures that the whole Bible is full of blessings towards Israel. It says, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. This is all the way back in the beginning. All the way back in the beginning. Genesis 12. Talking about the future descendants of Abraham, the Israelites, uh, that they will be a blessing to all the earth. Why? Because they carry the seed of the Messiah. They carry the seed of the Messiah. And so we bless them in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, yeah. Whew. There's, I'm just going to read one scripture. It's my favorite scripture relating to Israel and um, Israel turning their eyes towards Messiah, Yeshua. And um, I, I would say that this, this scripture, God really used this scripture to pierce my heart for the people in Israel um, just because of the reality of um, how heavy this is going to be for them. Um, and it's Zechariah um, 12 verse 10. And this, this verse says, And I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and pleas for mercy, so that when they look on me, on him whom they have pierced, they shall mourn for him as one mourns for an only child, and weep bitterly over him as one weeps over a firstborn. And it goes on to talk about the great mourning that will take place. Like when they look upon Yeshua, they'll see him. They'll see the Jewish Messiah. They'll see their Jewish king. And they'll recognize that they've pierced him. And, and the spirit of grace and pleas for mercy will pour out on them. I, I imagine like all the Jews at the Wailing Wall, you know, where they're just constantly praying. They're just praying to God all the time. They go regularly pray. And I just imagine God pouring his spirit out on them. And them just recognizing in an instant, Yeshua is our King. He's our God. He's our yeah. Father. He's our Lord. He's our salvation. And um, He is Melech HaMelechim. He is the King of Kings. Hmm. And that moment for me just really helps me to um, connect to God's heart because He's longing and waiting for them to just look upon Him and just lock eyes <laughs> like his eyes are turned towards them all the time as he neither sleeps nor slumbers and he's always watching over Jerusalem. Yeah. And, um, wow, what a beautiful day that's going to be. Yeah. And that's, this is another reason why it's so important to get, get a heart behind this. Uh, number one, this is your faith. Like if you've been a Christian, I don't know how long you've been a Christian. Maybe you didn't realize this. This is your faith. Like, Welcome to it. Like, welcome to the realness of uh, the Israelites. Welcome to the realness of the Jewishness of your faith, where we have our roots. Um, and, uh, yeah, come come to the, the fountain. Like, enjoy it. Like, go, go deep. There's an invitation to go deep into the scriptures now. Um, maybe of something you've never understood before, to read it through a different lens. I, I promise you, if you start to read the scriptures through this lens of understanding, you are going to be transformed. 
you're going to be transformed and you're going to be taken out of this individualistic mindset that this is all about me. Like Jesus is basically the God of me and everyone else, you know, I don't care. Um, take care of me. And two, I am part of a corporate body of faith that is thousands and thousands of years old. Like this is not an American faith. Like praise right. God, praise God. And this, this is the reason why America has flourished, by the it's way. Good. This is the reason why America is the number one economy mm-hmm. in the world. Um, maybe not for too much longer, but because we've received the blessings of Yeshua. Um, but understand where your faith comes from, the roots of it, and go yeah. deep into this, I promise you. Um, and here's the, here's the promise mm-hmm. that Israel's rejection, again, is not final. Paul says, I ask then, have they stumbled so as to fall? Absolutely not. On the contrary, by their transgression, salvation has came to the Gentiles. If you don't know what a Gentile is, it's just anybody that's not a Jew, just to put it simply. To make Israel jealous. Now if their transgression brings riches for the world and their failure riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their fullness bring? So here's another, yet another reason to bless Israel to understand the importance of the yeah. Jewish people is because it is from their transgression that salvation has been opened up to us. But now, here's here's kind of the problem. Our faith is what should spur them on to jealousy. And I'm afraid that our faith hasn't done that. Um, and maybe because it's been shallow. Maybe because it's been all about us. Um, how deep is your faith with Yeshua, is it is your faith in Yeshua enough to provoke Israel to jealousy, or is it shallow? Is it weak? Uh, do they w- would they look at you and say, "Wow, they have something that I don't have," wow. or would it be they're just like me? They're just like me. They're going through the motions of religious wow. duty and piety. Uh, wow. And then again, if their wow. transgression. And their failure of rejecting Jesus as the Messiah brought riches to the Gentiles. How much more will their fullness bring? I want to experience the fullness. (laughs) The fullness of our faith will come when the Jews accept Jesus as Messiah. And so we eagerly await for that day. And imagine the heart of Jesus when his people see him as he is. When his sheep recognize him as the good shepherd, not the wolf, but there's my shepherd. There's his rod and staff. They will protect me. They will comfort me. I will no longer drink from this muddy water, but from the living waters that this good shepherd has provided. I didn't recognize him the first time, but I recognize him now. And how much fullness will this bring all of us when they come to faith? And so uh, join us as we end this uh, podcast and praying for them. Uh, would you lead us in a prayer call for them? Yeah. Jesus, Jesus, give us your heart for your people, God. God, we ask that you would give us your heart for your people, Israel, Father. That you would show us, God, how you feel towards your lost sheep of Israel, God, as you are getting ready to bring 
them back into the fold in a way, God, we've never seen before, Lord. We just ask you, God, for a revival to pour out in Israel and Jerusalem, Father. We ask that you would pour out a spirit of grace and pleas for mercy in Jerusalem, Father, that as they're praying that they would see Messiah, they would see Yeshua, God. Would you open their eyes? Would you open their hearts? Would you open their minds, God? Would you open up doors, Father? Open up the ancient doors that the King of glory might come into the hearts of those in Israel, God. God, we just bless Israel right now with protection, Father. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem, Father. We pray, Father, that you would um, bring in the fullness of the Gentiles, Father God, in the name of Yeshua, Father, that the surrounding countries, Father, that even Iran and Iraq, God, and Afghanistan, God, and Syria and Turkey, that the Muslim world would come to faith in Yeshua, God, and then it would provoke the Israelites to jealousy, God, that the compassion, Father, that the surrounding countries would all of a sudden have for the Jewish people because of Yeshua, God, that that would bring Jewish people into the kingdom of heaven, Father, that you would bless them, Father, with every spiritual blessing in the heaven heavenly places like you talk about in Ephesians 1, Father, and that you'd pour out a spirit of grace and pleas for mercy in Israel, Father, in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Go and be blessed. Yeah, dude, that's good. <laughs> yes. It brings so much unity too. It really does. Cause like it, it, it like it's a whole different like um, door in our faith that we get to explore together. You know? Oh yeah. It makes everything come alive. Instead of looking at it through like an American lens, like oh, it's just talking about my government. It's talking about my president no it's not <laughs>